0: Welcome to the Homeworkies Podcast, and we are here for our monthly romantic reading wrap-up that we love to do, and this is actually for December, even though it is January. It was a little bit of a busy time for us, <laughs> so Yeah, we're, we're doing it today, and we're really looking forward to it, and I am film director Rachel Wagner, and Brie here. Hello, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, and we have a special guest today. We have author Esther Hatch is here. Uh, she's one of the authors in the book that we're going to talk about, and uh,
1: Esther, thank you so much for coming back on the show. I think this is your fourth time. Is it? I I love coming, so I'm so <laughs> I can't remember exactly how many times. But yeah. yeah, it's good it's, be it's been
0: it's been a lot. So thank you so much. I hope you had, you have a good uh, Christmas holiday.
1: Oh yeah, it was such a great Christmas. We had fun. Oh good, and you too, Bree?
2: Yeah, definitely. I'm still, you know, behind on Christmas movies, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> Yeah, it, it, there were a lot. I I didn't even watch all of them. I even especially Lifetime. I couldn't keep up. I yeah. <laughs>
1: too, I tried.
0: <laughs> I tried
1: really hard. So, but. I have to bring this up because I watched this New Year's Eve movie and I know you guys are probably Done up with Christmas movies, but <laughs> I, have you seen Bachelor Mother, Rachel? Mm-hmm. Like a no. 1930s. yeah,
0: I actually just reviewed it over on my other oh. channel
1: for family movie <laughs> it's, night. I it's hilarious. It. Yeah. Oh, I loved it, and I was like, "How did they make something this good in 1930, whatever it was?" Like. Yeah. So-
2: oh i'm gonna yeah, go look that up because have you seen that one Bree? <laughs> no but it's i was really watching funny. like classic christmas movies that like last week of december mm-hmm. and i'm like there's still some really good ones that really mm-hmm. hold up i think we were chatting about like christmas in connecticut it was so yeah. good
0: so, so good. yeah i'll have to look that one up we all are should be grateful for christmas in connecticut it's the <laughs> like the, the pioneer film <laughs> Christmas, Christmas coms Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all good, and I, yeah, people are going to be surprised that I was able to read as much as I did this month. But I have to admit that I really didn't read anything until I went on my trip. <laughs> that's when I
1: read so. Leave it to travel. Um, Leave it to travels. Yes. <laughs> uh, so do you do audiobooks, Rachel? I do.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's most of my reading. Because I I like have very like mild dyslexia, and so it's, it, I was a late reader, and it's actually kind of it takes f- a lot for me to like focus on actual reading as opposed to listening reading, uh, and uh, so I in general prefer audiobooks over regular books.
1: They're yeah. so convenient, mm-hmm. yeah, and you can do other
0: stuff, which just yeah. works for my brain. <laughs>
1: So, yeah,
0: and I mean, and it, and it was perfect for, we'll, we'll talk more about it, but perfect for Disneyland because, you know, like, while well, you're waiting in line and all this stuff, like, and you I don't want to have, like, a book with you, but, you know, just be listening. It's Perfect. So, well, very good. So t- today we are talking about All Hearts Come Home for Christmas, and this is by Sarah Eden, Anita Stanfield, Esther Hatch, and Joanna Barker. And we, when this first came out, we had uh, Joanna and Esther uh, on the podcast and talking about uh, the um, the book, the stories, and uh, I just thought it would be a fun read for um, uh, December, uh, something kind of different. This Regency stories, and uh, it's it's going to be fun to talk about all four of them. And uh I guess first we can kind of go over uh me and Brie, at least what overall what we thought. Uh and uh it's probably no big surprise that we enjoyed it we wouldn't have asked Esther on. <laughs> that would be awkward. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> but uh Bree, what did you what did you think of these four stories?
2: I really loved it. This was my first ever actual historical romance holiday anthology or anthology in general, like from I I don't read that much historical romance, unfortunately. And I loved it. I loved, um, the message that each story had. Uh, of course I love Christmas. So I love that it was Christmas themed. It, it was just the perfect way. It was the last book that I read of 2021. And I Yay. think it was like the perfect way to end out the year. How about you?
0: Oh yeah, I really did enjoy it too. I mean, I love see romance, uh, so much and, uh, I I thought they all four did a good job of creating really swoon worthy stories and and I like, I've said this before about shorts as far as film but I think it's true with short stories as well is that maybe it's my short attention span that I almost would prefer if I had to pick I think I might pick short stories over when they're done well of course uh over the full uh novels because it was just you know, fun, you got four romances and, uh, and uh, so Esther, how did you become kind of involved in the project?
1: Yeah. So actually this is the second thing that I wrote for my publisher and I was just asked by them and I was really excited about it um, because I was still a new author. And so the advantage and why authors kind of love these anthologies is, um, Sarah Eden has been writing for 20 plus years. Anita Stansfield, same thing. So they've got these audiences, and Joanna and I were fairly new. And so it was a great opportunity for the two of us to kind of be introduced to the fans of these other authors that have been doing it for a long time that write kind of in the same genre and same type of book. So so that's like, so it was so exciting for me to be invited to do this I was really really excited about it and honored like I was kind of like really I've only published a book but sure I will I will do that and I was going to say with the short novels like what you're talking Rachel for me I feel like the busier I get to um these novellas one thing I love about them is I am kind of like a sit down and read until I finish type person but now that I'm busier I can't do that as often and sometimes I'll be totally loving a book but if I put it down and go to sleep, the next day I'll get busy and I won't get back to it and I won't get back to it. And so what I love about these novellas is like, it's something I can sit down, read, finish and still go to bed at like a decent time. And so I I, I enjoy reading these short novellas for that reason. Yeah, I agree. Do you agree, Brie?
2: Oh, yeah. They're like potato chips. Like you can't just eat one, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> you just like sit and, you know, you just enjoy and then it's over. And yeah, I I actually, when I get in the moods of like, you know, some books you feel like it's going to take me a couple of days, but you just want that feeling of completion. I just love turning to romance novellas in those moods where it's like, I want to complete something, but I don't have the time for like a 350 page book oh, there's like a book of novellas out here, you know, and it's just, it's so much fun. So was it challenging for you as a new author? I feel like writing a novella, it seems so much more challenging than writing a longer book. It
1: actually was pretty challenging for me. In fact, um, I started two other stories that I thought would be the novella that I turned into them. And one, I was like, oh, this is a book. Like as I started it and the conflicts and the stakes. And I was like, this cannot all be resolved in less than a hundred pages. And so like I shelved that one, loved the idea, still hope to get back to it sometime. And then I started another one. And that one I set in Scotland and I was like, Oh, this is a fun story. I had found some unique history that I wanted to, um, tell about in the story about Christmas and, and kind of the same thing. It it wasn't necessarily too long or was going to be too long, but it was too hard for me to learn all about Scotland and do all of this research for like a short story that I was expected to turn in fairly quickly. (laughs) And so I scrapped both of those and I shouldn't say scrapped, but laid aside and this is actually, a not a continuation, it's like a prequel of my very first novel, The Roses of Fieldstone. This Elizabeth is Rose's sister from that book. And I had already had these characters in the book and loved them, they were married at the time. And I've just always wanted to kind of tell their story. And, and so like I sat down and after twice just not being able to do it, everything was like trudging through molasses to get these other stories out. And this one just kind of flew like of all the things I've written, this has been the easiest and most fun. I would say, um, I, I love everything else I've written for different reasons and things, but this one really stands out as one where I was like, I had a month to finish it by the time I had stopped and started so many times. And I, and I just already knew the characters and kind of knew what would happen for them. And it was just a really like Charles was just a delight to write so much fun.
0: Yeah. I I can see that. That would be fun. I know that you had said when we talked before that it was challenging because they didn't really celebrate Christmas very much in the Regency era. That's more Victorian is when we got Christmas trees and things like that. So that, that was challenging.
1: Yes, it was. And they, I mean, they did celebrate it, but not in the ways we celebrate it kind of at all. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, Oh, you've got a Yule log and you've got, um, Twelfth night. And, you know, I mean, like they have these things, but it's like for a modern audience, that's not going to feel Christmassy. And so it, it really wasn't until the Victorian era that our Christmas traditions really started coming into play. And, and so, yeah, that was definitely a challenge of like, okay, they did have mistletoe, but then you deal with Everybody's gonna put mistletoe in their book because that's like one of the few things that was around, you know. Like, so it is. That's it. Really, is a challenge to try and do. And there's a lot of Regency romances set at Christmas time, and so it feels like I've got to get my unique spin on it, but also do it in a way that modern audiences feel like they're getting a Christmas story. So, yeah.
0: Ho ho ho! We'd like to
1: take a second and thank our
0: sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Patreon.
2: Do you love Hallmarkies podcasts, especially at Christmas?
0: Do you enjoy the holiday previews, recaps, interviews, and bonus episodes?
2: If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round.
0: But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies
2: family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We
0: also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films.
2: As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers.
0: So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it.
2: Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies to learn more.
0: That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Yeah. Well, let's talk real quick about each of the stories. So we have started off with Christmas at Fallstone Castle by Sarah Eden. And this is the Dowager Duchess of Kiedler, Kiedler, eagerly anticipates spending Christmas with her son and his family Th- through though their, uh, sorry, though their relationship has been strained, the Duchess is determined to heal the chasm even with the help of the widowed local vicar, her a Christmas miracle. but during the magical season, anything is possible even to second chances for love. And so this one, I do I have to say, this one is my least favorite of the four, but I still enjoyed it. I think this one probably did hurt the fact that I haven't read any of her other books. And I so I don't like know Persephone. I don't know. I'm not invested in those other characters uh, that are obviously really important in her books. Esther, uh, so what do you, th- you've read some of her books, right? Yeah.
1: So, and... For me, and I think a lot of her fans, the Duke of Kildare, Adam Boyce, is like a fan favorite. He is so much fun. Like their story was the first that I read of hers, Seeking Persephone, and it's still probably about my favorite. So it is definitely, um, if you haven't read the other books, I can see why this would be a book that you're just not quite as invested in. And it, for a novella, has a decent amount of characters because even though Adam Boyce is, or the Duke of Kilder is um, a main, is a pretty main character. He's not the main character, but he's who everybody loves and wants to hear from. So like, so it's kind of, it was kind of a tricky balance, I think for her to get like the right amount of him and the right amount of the actual like romance in this little short story. But yeah, yeah. but like, it's a, it, it it's really fun for fans of Sarah M. Eden's work as it kind of shows, it's like, it's like a glimpse of the future from seeking Persephone. Is that kind of like a beauty
0: and the beast or story? It is. Yes. Yeah. That's what
1: yeah. I wondered. Yeah.
2: Uh, Brie, what do you think of this one? Well, thank you for clearing that up, Esther. Because <laughs> I was like, I was enjoying it. I mean, it was a little difficult, I think at first to get into, because I felt like I was missing something, but I'm like, surely not. You know, I didn't know if it, was a spinoff of an already intact series or what have you. So that makes sense. But I really did. I just really liked the story of the mom and her son. Like the conflict in this one was just a lot, but it was so juicy and good. But I did have that feeling at first, like, am I missing something here? (laughs) Like, I just was a little confused. So thank you for making that all make sense, (laughs) but I really enjoyed it. So
1: (laughs) would, would, probably the story that like most people come to read this anthology for okay they're in love with the duke of kilter
2: so yeah okay that makes a lot of sense okay okay thank you would
0: i vicar would a vicar would marry a duchess
1: with that do you think that would have actually happened at that time i mean could it have happened yes you know but um and i think she touches on this it wouldn't be like an amazing match for sure for the duchess, and um, but at the same time she's a dower duchess, so her son is pretty much running everything at this point. And if she's not super involved in society, then yeah, she could she could make that choice. She's had her advantageous marriage already. Um, I don't think it happened much. I'm sure, but is it in the realm of possibility? Yes. There's nothing illegal about it. Vickers would marry, and yeah. So it's it, it's a clash of of um rank for sure but
0: but it was very sweet and it's nice when you have sort of an a more mature romance you know you don't see those all the time which was which was nice and there was also sort of an element of forgiveness which i like to see that's very that's that's very christmasy yeah that was fun um okay so then next we have the heart of christmas by nita stansfield and this one is when a chance meeting brings together a gentle seamstress and a widowed banker, each lonely soul finds a first hint of hope as their lives become entwined, it will take Christmas spirit to guide a broken family to love and healing. And I do think that this one felt the most Christmassy of all the stories. Would you agree, Brie? Um,
2: Yeah. I, I mean in this one I think I got so lost in the story though that I kind of didn't really pay attention to the Christmas because <laughs> I just loved how she like won over the daughter. Like I was so worried, like what's wrong with the daughter in this one? <laughs> and so yeah, it just it was magical all around. But yeah, it did have like that strong Christmas um ambiance in the background too. So
0: yeah, yeah. Went everything with the ornaments the the heart ornaments mm-hmm. figurines or whatever that uh and, and, you know, she repairs the broken heart that was yeah it was really good yeah <laughs> yeah what do you what do you think about this one Esther
1: I I like that you mentioned the ornaments that's one of my favorite things about this is the just the imagery that mm-hmm. she has and like the metaphor of the broken hearts being healed and I agree. It it did kind of have like that magical feeling to it of like a, almost like a fairy tale. Um, so I enjoyed it for that, for that reason too, like a fairy tale set in like, it's probably the most humble of circumstances of the, of the four, but, um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it for the imagery and just like the tenderness. It's a really tender story.
0: You really felt like this was a family
1: it yeah. was being mm-hmm.
0: created which is so sweet and so christmasy yes. and yeah uh, yeah the bond between the, uh, the the lead and uh and the little girl was so sweet and also the aunt uh, you know started out sort of curmudgeonly and kind of warms up by the end and i mean they really covered quite a bit of ground uh for a short story in this one yeah,
2: yeah. definitely
0: And I, I, and I, I thought that you could feel like the chemistry between, was it Mr. Hammond? Was that his name? Am I getting my characters confused? But anyway, the, the, the guy, he was great.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was a lot of just, it it was a really well-told story. I don't know any other way to put it. It I was like, okay, we're getting into the weeds and seeds here of this anthology. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah, a broken family to love and healing. And it was definitely like so there was forgiveness, there was healing. And uh so yeah, it was it was a really good one. And All right, so then we have Tis the Season to Be Daring by Esther Hatch, and this one is Elizabeth Davenport has had quite enough of the London season. Determined to evade a parade of unsuitable suitors, she seeks help from one gentleman who has no regard for society's rules. All of of society knows Lord Hawthorne is not interested in marriage, and he cannot deny Mrs. Davenport's Miss Davenport's unique charm. As the Christmas season works, it's magic. Their tr- their charade begins to feel less like play acting and more like love. So it must have been fun, Esther, to write like a, a real rake. You know, yeah. say, Regency. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much. I loved that. <laughs> you know, just he just more than being a rake, he was more just someone who just did not care. At all about the rules of society, like he yeah. was going to do what he want, do what he pleased, and didn't really ever think anyone would catch his eye in that world. And so it's it's always fun when you prove a character wrong.
2: <laughs> well, you said that this story just kind of flew out of you. Did he con- did he come to you first?
1: You think? Well, so they are in my previous novel. They're married. Um, okay called the roses of Feldstone. And so as I was writing him, then it was, they're only in it for like one chapter, maybe two at the most. And it's them and their child. And he's just funny. And, and, and Elizabeth is more quiet and just kind of smirks at him, you know like and and so there was just this dynamic of the married couple that I loved. so they were already there and I never spent much time delving into their characters when I wrote them as side characters. I was just kind of making them fun side characters. And so when I sat down and wrote this, I did already know them, even though it was just a little bit like i I took those things that I did know and just kind of amplified them to make a more full characters and And so, yeah, it was, it made it much easier. I didn't have to come up with a character. They were kind of already there.
2: Yeah. You just gave them more. You gave more life to them. I love that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of
0: like the, uh, I don't know, the Regency version of sort of the bad boy that gets reformed by, (laughs) which I enjoy. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really good and like the way that he just enjoyed riling up her mother <laughs>
1: yeah, that is a dynamic that is absolutely one of my favorites is and he's just kind of he riles her up but is actually quite clueless about it because he just literally does not care about rules and her. <laughs> cares so much about them and like there's a scene where she's carrying sticks around London like pieces of wood because he just asked her to and she's like why would I be carrying wood but she doesn't (laughs) I don't know like it's just kind of like don't you have servants to do this stuff for you um so she's yeah that dynamic was a really fun one to exploit I guess yeah, and it's I, almost
0: yeah. like it's almost like if Mr. Wickham wasn't such a scoundrel.
1: Yes. Yeah. You
0: know, in a, in there. <laughs> but yeah. uh but yeah, I think I think this one's really fun. And their chemistry builds a, pretty pretty organically, I think. Uh and like she's kind of surprised that she it, by the time that she finally has to admit, like, oh, I really like being with this person. It's not just the deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm was really, yeah, I was
2: like, Oh gosh, like this is, I love when you read a novella and you're like, okay, I, f- this is, this feels complete. It's good. You know, I don't necessarily feel like I need more, but I would easily have read a hundred or 200 more pages if it was like its own book, you know? And yeah. that's how I felt with it. So yeah, last year
1: I actually debated do like extending this one and kind of went over some ways I could have done it. And I struggled just because I think one of like the magical things about it. And one of the things I had to learn as I was learning how to write a novel novella and not a novel was I lowered some of the stakes. Like there's not, there's not a huge conflict that comes out and there's not a huge under misunderstanding that they have to work through necessarily. I mean, there's maybe a tiny one at the end, but like, so as I sat and debated how I could extend this story, I could easily add a couple more chapters. Like and leave it as is, but add some more chapters. And I, I'm tempted to still do that, but it wouldn't, it still wouldn't be novel length in order to turn it into a novel length. I would have to add more conflict and, and things. Mm. And so I've, I've, I kind of stepped away from the idea because I actually just love how sweet their story is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really want to throw in another third man that gets between them. Oh no. Thinking of like all the ideas of, okay, what could I throw? Like what hitch could I throw into their story? to make it full length Mm -hmm. and, and I, I never really quite felt good about it. So I, I might still maybe extend it, but it would probably still be just a longer novella and maybe release it separately. I would have to talk to my publisher and see if they would even be interested in something like that. But, but I, I kind of stepped away from the idea of complicating their story enough to make it a full length. I mean, I actually do have a few other little ideas. I shouldn't say never. Um, but yeah, I, I do love the story enough that I've I thought about extending it.
0: Well, no, it's good that it kept simple because one of the things I, I, I think that makes fake the fake relationship story, what makes that work is when it's all, it's not sort of overthought, you know, like it's, cause it's just such a, it's such a silly idea, but so if you have characters that are all like, how could you lie to me? Oh, you know, and all this stuff, then it just ruins the fun because it's such a fun thing. Yeah. <laughs> so you just have to just, so it's good. I yeah. think that it kept it simple.
1: Yeah. And this one's lighthearted pretty much start to finish. Yeah. Just like fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Last one is The Christmas Dress by Joanna Barker. And this is seamstress Nell Addington is thrilled when her childhood friend Jacob Hammond commissions a dress for his sister. But when Nell realizes her feelings for Jacob's run deeper than friendship an unexpected snowstorm and some holiday cheer may convince them both that love is worth fighting for. And I I do think this one is pretty similar in some ways to the Anita Stanfield one. Uh, But I I liked Nell as a character and uh, Jacob and Alice were really sweet. I had, uh, it was very cozy, you know, the whole thing with them and, uh, the, the snowstorm and everything like that. Uh, it kind of it reminds you of, um, when, uh, Lizzie and Jane get stuck in, uh, um, at the, at the Bingleys, you know, when yeah. she's sick there yeah. kind of, that's, that's sort of what it reminded me a little bit of, but, uh, what did you think of this one?
2: I, I really love this one too. I, I thought that this was a really strong way to round out the anthology as a whole and my goodness that scene where he shows up at the dress shop when she doesn't show up to the party yeah was <laughs> I was really like good. yes I was like this is this is perfect so yeah I like I really like this one
0: yeah <laughs> it was good yeah what do you think of this one Esther?
1: yeah I I'm thinking through it like a, with the heart of Christmas I said it was like a, like kind of fairy tale-ish and this one really, really feels that way to me. It's almost like Cinderella mm-hmm. story, except for Cinderella comes in and heals some family dynamics and, or helps, I guess more in this one. But um, so I, I love that one. I, I love Joanna's writing. She just writes such beautiful prose. Like I'm a little jealous of it, but <laughs> so I'm always a sucker for a Joanna Barker novel or short story. And Um, I just, I loved how she incorporated all the snow and the snowball fight. And like, like when I was talking about how it's hard to do the things that really people, our audience can relate with. I love that she was able to take the snow and kind of incorporate that into the Christmas feelings involved. And yeah, it was, it was a really fun one. Yeah, Yeah. Just
0: very, very cozy. I think that's the word
1: yeah (laughs) we'd like to take a second
0: and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast it's the hallmarkies merch store
2: are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable hardy or hallmarky in your life
0: what about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party
2: now is the time to check out the hallmarkies merch store
0: full of festive designs by artists like jessica miller carrie from hallmark comics and more or see the link in the description.
2: That's tpublic.com slash stores slash hallmarkies. So let's do our reading roundup.
0: This is where we talk about what we've been reading. And uh, let's, I'll start. My first one is Mr. Dickens and His Carol by Silva Samantha. I was actually really enjoying this for the first part, uh, where it's kind of this, no, this um, novelization of, you know, what it would have been like for, uh, for Charles Dickens to write A Christmas Carol. But then it kind of lost me as it uh, went to actually making Charles Dickens Scrooge in a pretty heavy handed way. And I was just kind of like, oh, he wasn't Scrooge. You know, like, I don't know. It was just like even saying some of the same lines he's saying about humbug, things like that. I'm just like, oh. So it kind of lost me. But uh, yeah, so that was the first book that I read. Uh, What about you, Brie? What's the first one you read?
2: The first one that I read was The Matzah Ball by Jean Meltzer, which has been all over the place. And it's adorable. It follows a Jewish author who loves Christmas. (laughs) And she writes Christmas romances under a pseudonym. Her parents are like these really big, well-known name, like people in the Jewish community. And so a lot of it is just like her hiding who she truly is. And she has a chronic illness and it, it boils down to her publisher coming to her saying, um, we want you to write a Hanukkah romance. And, you know, so it it's like a second, not not really a second chance, more like a childhood friends to lovers slash second chance romance. The guy that she was in love with at camp, it has like this big Jewish party that he puts on and she wants to get in there and help out to have inspiration for her book. And I just thought it was adorable. So um, that's The Matzo Ball by Jean Meltzer. Sounds really good. What a cute idea
0: Yeah, of (laughs) of having because there are so many right jewish writers who write christmas uh, movies and books uh, so what a, a kind of fun idea for doing the secret, uh, yeah. secret love. <laughs> yeah i love that i'm gonna have to read that
1: that sounds good uh did you have anything uh sr you wanted to share i i have been reading but i haven't been reading christmas things well that's much. okay
2: <laughs> it's it's whatever you want to yeah, share not yeah. christmas.
1: <laughs> and i actually don't like so i started writing mostly as a reader. So like I read all growing up and then oddly enough, now that I'm writing, I read less, which is actually one of the sad things about becoming an author, but my most recent two reads, and I'll talk about the first one first, it was um, Caraval by Stephanie Garber. So I'm very highly influenced by internet and media now because I'm I made friends with a bunch of bookstagrammers, we call them, and so this one was just blowing up bookstagram. Everybody loved it, and I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Um, it's kind of like a circusy, magical world, but at the heart, it's a romance, which is always kind of my thing. <laughs> and so, it, with some twists and turns along the way, where you're not quite sure how everything's going to turn out until the very end. So it was, it was really fun. Cool
0: yeah so my next one is not a romance at all and i actually so back in 2017 i went to disneyland and i I, there's this really long book called walt disney the triumph of the american imagination by neil garber all about Walt disney uh and it's almost 900 pages and with like incredible detail about every everything in his life and everything he did Anyway, I started in 2017. Every time I would go to Disneyland, I would read, I would listen to this book while I was waiting in line. And uh, so uh, I finally finished it. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) It only took me four years. (laughs) Um, It was really good though. I mean, what an incredible life, what an incredible person. So what an imagination. Uh, And it was really fun this last time because I was in the Disneyland section while I was in Disneyland. So that was cool. And uh, so if you are a Disney fan, it's, it's a, uh, it's kind of a rite of passage if you're well, <laughs> to yeah. finish this book, cause it's so big, but, uh, but very well done, very well done. And uh, you know, I think it's, 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 you know, honest about flaws. Uh, it's, I mean, it's just everything. <laughs> it has the highs, the lows, everything in between. Uh, So that was my second book, Uh, but Brie, what do you, what else do you have?
2: Um, Next for me was the. Christmas Dress by Courtney Cole, which follows a young woman who inherits an apartment building from her fa- her late father in Chicago. So she flies there from New York, which I was like, oh, big city to big city. <laughs> this is nice to see in contemporary romance. Um, and it's falling apart. Her dad, like there's a lot of elderly people there that just, you know, her dad was like, letting them slide on rent and stuff like that. And She comes from the fashion world and like one of the the women like really encourages her to enter into like this fashion competition and try to win some money to help contribute to the building and actually find out the building has a lot of history behind it as far as, you know, like Chicago and like the prohibition era and stuff like that. So it was really cozy. I think it really showed how you can do small community within a big city. And I just love to see that. It had a really wonderful romance. Of course, I love reading stories with like older people, like in the story and who don't feel like caricatures of themselves, but like they're just being themselves. And I really enjoyed it. So yeah, that's The Christmas Dress by Courtney Cole.
0: That sounds good. Sounds really good.
2: Uh, What was your second one, uh, Esther, you want to talk about?
1: So the other one I read, again, I'm influenced this time was by a friend who wrote this and she had been winning awards and- um thing. so i it's Allison Hong Merrill and she wrote a book called 99 fire hoops and it's actually a uh, what would you call this an autobiography but of just like a snippet of her life and it's 99 chapters because of the 99 fire hoops but they're all super short um they're just little snippets of her life and it's basically from the time she met her first husband so that's a clue to the book <laughs> but like um She grew up in, oh goodness, I'm pretty sure it was Taiwan, not China, Um, but I think it was Taiwan, and um, married an American, barely knowing him, came to America, didn't really speak English, and so it's all these little snippets of her life as she discovers, like, oh, she's not actually, this man is not actually going to stay with her, and now she has to live out on her own, but, like, I, I loved reading it. To just get a new perspective, I felt like I lived a little bit in her shoes as she went through coming to America without um, really knowing what the culture was here and without really knowing the language. Seeing different families and how they interact so different than hers did at home, and yeah, it it was it was a it was a really good book for just putting yourself in someone else's shoes, and I, I enjoyed. Good. Yeah, I really that.
0: good. All right well my next pick is one of Bree's favorites <laughs> She loves this book but it's Miracle on Fifth Avenue and uh, by uh, by Sarah Morgan and I loved the movie I actually just want where I saw the movie first and I, I I thought it was one of the best of the whole season of Christmas season uh, and uh, I, they I think did a pretty good job of adapting this book uh, this the book is definitely more spicy in the movie
2: (laughs) there's no spice in the movie so
0: but like it was fine I mean I I don't know it it uh it it wasn't it wasn't too I would say it was like medium spice Mm -hmm, mm
2: -hmm.
0: (laughs) spice level uh but I just love the characters of Eva and (laughs) Lucas and the chemistry and I even though in the uh in the book she has blonde hair i couldn't help but picture the characters from the movie the actress from the movie who we had on our podcast and i just loved i just love this story it's so good of uh this um girl who is sent by uh, her friend to decorate this apartment she gets there and it's supposed to be a surprise for him but he is already there and he's like this kind of recluse who's had a broken heart and and uh, they end up being kind of stuck together because uh, of a snowstorm and everything. And and uh, she's so sweet. And and um, I don't know. It's great. It's really well done. And uh, I love, like I said, love the movie, love the book. It's really good.
2: It's such a feel good book. Yeah,
0: and great characters. Both yeah. Eva and Lucas are just the best.
1: Well, so, I'm adding that to my you know. <laughs> my TDR right now.
0: And That's and the uh, oh yeah. It's actually called Christmas on fifth Avenue. The movie, the book is miracle on fifth Avenue,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but, uh, but Sarah Morgan, both of her books that I've read were great. So she's a good
2: writer. Yeah. I'm a fan. All right, Brie, what's your next one? Next. I read a season for second chances, which takes place somewhere. I think think maybe Scotland, I may be wrong. Um, but it. what I love about this one is the, the heroine in this one, her sons are like grown men. So we're following like an older woman, but it's not like this big deal, right? You just see scenes with her talking to her adult sons and she walks in on her husband cheating on her and she's known their entire marriage that basically he's had affairs, but it just is like, kind of like that last straw. Right. And like, I just walked in on this, this was the sign that I needed that this was over. And she takes, she like is going through like the newspaper or something. And she sees an ad for, I can't remember what they call it over there, but basically an older woman needs someone to come stay at her house while she goes and like tests out and see if she's ready to move into like a retirement home. And this is her relationship with the nephew of that woman and he does not make it easier on her on, on at first he's like, I'm ready to sell this place but she really falls in love with it it's like this beautiful like house by the sea and she's a chef so it's like fun to see her use food to like connect with the townspeople and it was just just a beautiful story about an older woman and like her second chance and at life and like moving on after that first phase of life is kind of over. So, um, that is a season for second chances and it is by Jenny Bayless. I believe I'm saying that right. So loved it. That sounds really good. Sounds really good. All right. My last one is
0: the hating game by Sally Thorne. And I know I'm way late on this. Like I haven't read it either. I haven't read
2: it. (laughs) No, (laughs) I read it.
0: (laughs) got yeah, a lot of hype, but I finally, cause the movie, uh, w- was coming out this week. I, uh, I, I was like, I gotta, gotta read it. My sister hated it. So that's part of the reason why I was like, I don't know if I should. Your sister
2: hated the book or the movie? The
0: book. Yeah. Okay. Because my sister's like, uh, a, a, she, she's pretty strong feminist and like some of the themes are a little <laughs> dicey in the book. Okay. So I get it. Um, but I thought it did I I thought it did enemies lovers pretty well. I mean, it is dicey when you're talking about like workplace and like romance and stuff, but whatever. Um, I enjoyed it, and the the movie I think at least is like pretty much word for word of the book. I mean, like literally, they have dialogue that's exactly from the the book. I so i think if you like this book you'll like the movie they have really good chemistry and uh and it was uh i thought a pretty fun little rom-com um yeah there's definitely some like weird stalker elements of the dude (laughs) like the fact that he painted his wall the color of her eyes is a little weird Um, (laughs) and some of that other stuff but again, whatever.
2: (laughs) I mean, my favorite movie is Sleepless in Seattle and it's, I mean, talk about stalker. So (laughs) I can't be too harsh on this one, I guess. (laughs) I feel like
1: as an author, I'm coming from this, as somebody who looks at a book and I feel like there's this level of, it can be done with believability. It can be done with like your feminist idealisms Mm -hmm. um, where if you make your book entertaining enough, yeah. You kind of forget. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. kind of forget that, like, oh, that is kind of stalkery. Oh, that is a little creepy. Oh, well, like the oh, I... workplace, they shouldn't yeah. be doing this. But like, if it's fun enough, I feel like it forgives a lot of those things. Yes. and that's one of the things I loved about the Hating Game. It had definitely things maybe that I don't agree with it, and it is a pretty spicy book for me. Yeah, but it is spicy. Um, but the chemistry was so great. The I don't know the back and forth between the main characters were so great. Like it was just kind of your, your page turning rom-com. Well, it yeah. was
0: funny too. Like
2: the different games, like, Oh, we're playing that game now. You know kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I love that you said that Esther. Cause I, I believe that when it comes to rom-coms, it's just kind of a given that we do forgive certain things because you're in it for the comedic aspect, right? Like, yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> that's hard to do I like realistically let's be honest yes. <laughs> you have to have some stretches yeah. <laughs> of meditation or something I mean yeah. I
2: think every all the time I'm like how would sleepless in Seattle work in today's world I don't know how you would pull that off
1: with the internet and
2: yeah well <laughs> especially with her like
0: her going to like see him and just sort of watching him yeah.
2: in the street. <laughs> I think maybe you'd have to get rid of
1: that that scene. But
2: <laughs> the rest
1: and like getting his address. I can't remember <laughs> how she does it, but she's like calling up and says it's for a story. <laughs> yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: they I mean, put yeah, this is
0: pretty fun, and uh there is just the banter. I mean, I think enemies to lovers in general is probably not the best if you're talking about like real life i i don't really think that's the best start to a relationship but in in fiction it's a lot of fun yeah (laughs) that uh that those tropes and so maybe call it a bit of a guilty pleasure but i i just had fun reading it so uh that was my last or listening to it in this case and like i said the movie is pretty fun i enjoyed it um, uh, I can't <laughs> imagine anybody, if you like this book, you will like, I can't imagine you're not liking the movie. It's so close. Um, what was your last
2: one, Brie? My last one was, oh my gosh, I did read a lot of Christmas stuff. Okay. It was the Christmas <laughs> bookshop by Jenny Colgan, <laughs> which is so cozy guys. If you're still in the Christmas reading mood, it literally it, it's, it has a romance in there, but it's also a really wonderful story about sisters and how we just don't always understand each other, um, but maybe how we want to and just like working on that relationship as adults, but really the the, the sister who's kind of the fun one and doesn't have kids and just totally different from her her older sister. She goes and helps her with the kids and gets a job while she's there working in this bookshop that the owner just really kind of stuck in time and doesn't want to you know, come into the 21st century. So uh, it's really her helping him out like, hey, no, don't buy these books that nobody's going to come in here and buy. Buy these ones that people are actually looking for, like little stuff like that. And I just, if you like books about bookshops and, you know, just that cozy Christmas feeling and, and family, I really enjoyed it. I have had some ups and downs with Jenny Colgan's books, but this one Really took me by surprise. I really loved it. So that's the Christmas Bookshop by Jenny Colgan.
0: That's actually a conflict in the Hating Game too, of because there's the one publisher who is the one boss. He just wants to make whatever will sell, and then the other one, uh, you know, wants to actually do something meaningful. And uh, so that's part of the game, sort of the fighting. Oh, I love them. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, very good, very good. Let us know if you're listening. What you've been reading. And uh, what you think if you've read any of the ones we talked about, would love to hear your thoughts. And thank you so much, Esther, for coming. This yes. was so much fun. Thank
1: you. I love coming. Thank you okay. for having
2: me. It was great. And I mean, just saying, if you all want to do another anthology, we won't be upset about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually do have one next year
1: coming up, but it, it won't be with the exact same people, but I think okay. Sarah, some, but yeah. Yeah. And it's actually going to be that Scottish one that I gave up on. So oh. I finally finished it. So it, yeah. So It'd next be fun
0: uh, to do a Valentine's anthology. Oh yeah. Regency.
1: That would, be, that would fun. be fun.
0: That would be uh, cute, but uh, very good. Well, uh, why don't you tell people where they can follow you and where they, uh, your books and everything like that?
1: Yeah, I'm most active on Instagram and it's just author Esther Hatch. And I'm also on Facebook, same thing, author Esther Hatch. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, but I never, ever use it. So I don't suggest it. <laughs> and I, you can also sign up for my newsletter on my webpage, which is estherhatch.com. And Brie, where can we find you?
2: On Instagram, I am at Falling for Romance. on Twitter, I am, I believe, Bree Hill XO, and I co-host the Categorically Romance podcast. Very good. And you can find me
0: at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And make sure you're following the podcast, Homework's Pod, and Homework's Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that. And if you're listening on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. I think all three of us are on Goodreads. So you can check us out on there as well. And uh, yeah, I hope y'all have a great, uh, happy new year and make sure you check out the Patreon and the the merch store. We would be grateful. So thanks so much, everybody. And we'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye.